1: understand in our opening prayer today, talking about this young girl that had been kidnapped and fathered all these kids and sexual abuse for almost 20 years. What was this man under? He was under the influence of Satan. Well, how can we counteract that? Only by the power of God. We can't counteract it with dead religion. We must go into the world empowered by the Holy Spirit.
0: There's a lot of evil activities taking place all around. Sex trafficking, random acts of violence, and on and on. Corruption in leadership from the top to the lowest local offices. It's easy to look around and feel helpless. And Pastor Mark will be teaching that if you're going to try to oppose this evil in your own strength, you will fail. What you need first of all is the Holy Spirit living inside you you'll hear about the next steps that have to be taken once you take care of that basic one. You'll discover that you need the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through you, and you'll hear how to make that happen. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in John chapter 14 as he begins his message, Under His Influence, Emptied and Filled.
1: You can turn to the book of Acts, chapter 4. As you know, we're in a series called Under His Influence. To have influence simply means to have an effect upon, to shape, and to regulate. We learned that one of the persons of the Godhead is very little known in the Christian church today. The Holy Spirit. We began teaching on the Holy Spirit and we learned that we can have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. He's a person and we can have that relationship in three ways. The first way is that before we come to Christ, the Holy Spirit is alongside of us. He's convicting us. That's the first role of the Holy Spirit to convict us that you and I need salvation. We need to have our sins forgiven. The minute we ask Christ to come into our life, well, the person that really comes in is the Holy Spirit. He comes in and he sets up resident. He seals us. We become the temple of the Holy Spirit. And at that point, we're added to the body of Christ. So the first one is we're convicted. The second one is we're indwelt by the Spirit. But then Jesus taught us, he said to his disciples... You're not ready to go yet. You have to have what I had before I ministered, before I did one day of ministry. And we learned that we have to be empowered by the Spirit. Of course, people are really sometimes clueless about what that means. And if you watch sometimes Christian TV, you see all these things that look like power. You shout loud, people touch their forehead, they fall down, go into convulsions or whatever, and the Spirit's in control, all kind of weird stuff. That's not at all what the power of the Spirit is. You never see any of that in the Bible. So the power of the Spirit, we're going to learn what that looks like today. We need that. That's that third relationship with the Holy Spirit when we come under his influence. And before we read these verses in Acts chapter 4, I want to ask you a question. Just answer this yourself, not out loud. When was the last time you undeniably knew that the Holy Spirit was powerfully working through you to change your world? Undeniably, you knew. Well, after Peter and the disciples were filled, they... No, there's a difference. Look at Acts chapter 4, verse 7. It was undeniable. They went to the temple, Peter and John, found a man who was crippled. Notice, as they heal this man, it upsets the Jewish religious leaders. And they asked them in verse 7, notice this. And they had Peter and John brought before them and they began to question them. Notice this word, by what power or what name did you do this? Well, Peter began to explain what that was. And then their response to his, well, he just said, Jesus is the name and Jesus is the power. Look at verse 13. And when they saw the courage or the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. Remember, that's we mentioned that it really wasn't that they had been in touch with Jesus. They were now filled with the Spirit of Jesus, which is the Holy Spirit. You see, when we are living a lifestyle that is full of the power of the Holy Spirit, the evidence will be seen. We will know, and the world will know. That's what we want. When people see us, They see a smile on our face. They see a joy in spite of difficulty. They will ask us, how can you smile? What's that all about? And you can say to them, well, it's called a lifestyle of living under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Turn to your neighbor and just smile right now. Let's see. That's good. Not one of those smirky things. Come on. Good. Good. Earlier last century, the man who started the Salvation Army had a great quote. Take a look at this quote. I think it's amazing. His name was William Booth. Notice what he says. The chief danger of the 20th century, he was predicting, will be religion without the Holy Spirit. That's exactly what we have. Our churches are filled with religion all over the world, clueless about the Holy Spirit. But look what else he says. Christianity without Christ. Did that begin to happen in the last part of the 20th century? Absolutely. You go to lots of Christian churches today and say, well, Jesus is a way, but there's other ways. Look what he goes on to say. Forgiveness without repentance and salvation without regeneration. In other words, all kinds of people coming to an altar, making a confession, saying they're believers think they have fire insurance and no change in their life. It's exactly what's happening. Do I need to explain the next one? <laughs> Politics without God? Hello, America. By the way, is it going to get better? No, it is not. And maybe the defining one for all of us He said, what will happen in the church is there will be heaven without hell. You see, nobody wants to teach about hell. You can't teach about hell. Just be, well, be friendly to the church people. Get them coming and just talk about heaven. Now, we sang about heaven today. It was wonderful. But do you know that Jesus talked about hell more than heaven? Why? He didn't want people to go there. So as you see that, how are we going to offset that? We do know that the Holy Spirit in our world today is in the life of, obviously, inside all Christ followers. And yet most of those individuals, including many on our campus here, you're saved. But there's nothing supernatural in your life. Most Christ followers do not know that they are inadequate without this added dimension called the power of God. And so, see, without the power of the Holy Spirit, we simply fall back to operating in my human strength. And at the end of the day, we accomplish minute human size results. To be very honest, that's the picture of our churches. We come to church. I'm glad you're here. But mostly it revolves around us. I heard Adrian Rogers not long ago say something very good. You know, we're salt and light. We're salt. Christians are salt. And he says, what happens in our world today is we just join in our churches and salt each other. He says, salt doesn't need to be salted. You see, salt is supposed to come out of the shaker and go into the world. But because we're, well, we're just adequate in ourselves. we don't really have a love for the lost. How can we move beyond this powerless Christianity? Jesus said the very same thing that I just said to you. We're learned. We know about Jesus. We know the Bible. The disciples had spent three years with Jesus. They knew it all, they saw it all, but he said to them, you're not ready to minister. You lack the power of the Holy Spirit, listen to these words, which is an absolute essential. You see, it's one thing to have the Holy Spirit in us. It's something totally different to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you a definition of the Spirit-filled life. It is a supernatural thing. It's a state of man wholly unattainable by training, by reasoning, by human wish or will. It is nothing less than God in command and control of man's whole life. Flowing everywhere into it that he may flow fully out of it and freely out of it. Because of this absolute essential, Jesus said to his disciples, just before he went back to heaven, he says, you have to go to Jerusalem and you have to wait until you receive the gift of God. Now, a gift can't be worked for. They can't earn it. You have to go to Jerusalem and you have to wait to receive this gift. What would that gift be? It's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Then Jesus said to them, once filled, then you could begin to fulfill the great commission that I gave you. Once filled, then you would be ready to go and change your world. Because you would now move under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Understand, in our opening prayer today, talking about this young girl that had been kidnapped and fathered all these kids and sexual abuse for almost 20 years What was this man under? He was under the influence of Satan. Well, how can we counteract that? Only by the power of God. We can't counteract it with dead religion. We must go into the world empowered by the Holy Spirit. You're close by. Go to Acts chapter 1. Let's see what happens as we go to the upper room. As the disciples go there. Verse 12 of Acts chapter 1. Then they returned, speaking about the disciples, to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives. A Sabbath day's walk from the city. Now when they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. And those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas. Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, son of the zealot, zealot, and Judas, different Judas, son of James. And they all joined together, notice, constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So gathered in this upper room, by the way, now there's 120 of them. When we go to Israel, we always go to an upper room. And it's a place where, well, the disciples had their feet washed. It was amazing, the Last Supper. And then many people believe, of course, the room where we go to isn't the upper room, isn't the current one. But it probably wasn't even in that area. Most people really believe, and you'll see why, that the upper room is kind of outside the temple. Because shortly, there's going to be thousands of people around. Well, gathered in this upper room are 11 disciples, Mary, the mother of Jesus, some unnamed women. Many women followed Jesus and were active and useful in his ministry, and they were Christ followers. And look who else is there the brothers of Jesus. You see, the brothers of Jesus initially were all skeptics. In fact, one time they said, You're crazy, you're not the Messiah. But they'd all come to faith. They were now believers. So here's 120 of them in the upper room. Now here's the question. They were going to be there, we know now, for 10 days before Pentecost started. Pentecost, 50 days. Already been 40. What were they doing in this upper room, 120 followers of Christ, who already had the Holy Spirit in them? What were they doing? Well, let me give you five things. You don't need to write them down. Just listen. One, they continue to be obedient. I can't imagine after two or three days, normally Peter would say this. Well, we've been here for three days. Jesus said to wait, but nothing's happened. I'm going out and make something happen. Be careful. That's normal for us. Jesus says in our life, wait. I'll open a door for you. We wait a week, two weeks, forget it. I'm going to take things in my hand and we open a door. How many know when you open that door, it's always a disaster. Be careful. So they're obediently waiting. They're waiting to be empowered and they'll wait until the gift comes. Number two, they were praying. God uses. We don't even know what this gift's going to look like, but we want to be used by you. Number three, they were filled with expectation. Why were they excited? Because they had heard that Jesus said, the Father will give the gift to you, and you will receive power. Number four, we'll see in a moment that the Bible says they were in unity. They were in one accord. They had one goal. God fill us, and after you fill us, we're going to go and change the world. By the way, that's the goal that we need to have in this building God you fill me so i may be empowered and then we'll go it's not for me understand if you want to be filled with the power of God for you you'll never be filled it's always outward it's not like we see all these people doing things for themselves bringing attention to themselves no it's always it's always outward and number 5 Maybe most importantly, they were being, during these 10 days, emptied of self so they could live under the influence of the Holy Spirit. First thing for those of you that take notes to write down today is this. Not too many things to take today. This one you have to understand. God cannot fill us with the Holy Spirit until... We are emptied of self. That's what they were doing. They were there getting rid of self. D.O. Moody says this, there must be an emptying before there can be a filling. F.B. Meyer, a great Bible teacher, said this, God cannot fill us if we're already filled here's a glass it's almost totally filled just use this illustration that that's you and your abilities your education you've been a christian 42 years all of you's there it's wonderful god says forget it see he's not going to add his power to my ability He's going to give me power way above my ability, and I'll know it's not me. So we have to be emptied of self. What does that empty of self look like? During those 10 days, God began to empty these people of these things. You don't need to write them down. We'll catch up with them later. Number one, apathy. I believe this is the number one thing we have to be emptied of. Most of us are so busy doing our own thing. We're only focused about us. What I'm going to do today, how I'm going to do this, how I'm going to make the payment for this, how we're going to raise this, how we're going to do it. I wonder who's going to win the football thing, get the things ready, what's going to happen with the job. We're only focused about me. And when things go good, we just tool along. See, it should remind you of a song, Going Through the... Going Through the Motions. Oh, religious, we have Christ in us. But we're kind of just doing our thing. So the first thing that God has to get out of us is apathy. Second, fear. I'm fearful of talking about God. Why are you fearful of talking about God? Because I don't know what they'd ask me. We'll start learning. That's why you come here. Smile and say yes. Yes. That's why I come here. So what's the next? Carnality. Some of you may be in this room this morning. God will not fill your life with his power if you're living in sin. Impossible. He's holy. Next. Pride. Self-promotion. Self-ambition. God fill me with your power because I've got some really good plans I'm going to do. No, no, no. You fill me with your power so I can do what you want me to do, God. It's not self-ambition. So he has to empty us before he can fill us. Last Monday morning, I was studying for this weekend. Typically all week I do that, but in the mornings is my good time. I usually get up at 6 and have my devotion and then study for a few hours before I come into the office. That's my really good time. And of course, in the afternoons, I work on it and different stuff. But mornings, I'm a morning guy. As I was there, and I was studying, God kind of put this thought in my mind. What were the 120 people doing in the upper room? And I never really thought of that before. And out of that came these five things that I just wrote. They just came to my mind, and I wrote all five down. Really, out of these, number five was the big one with me, being emptied of self. I'd never really thought of it that way before. Well, I got up Tuesday and there'd been an email from one of you, one of you ladies. It had come on Monday late and I didn't read it till Tuesday morning. I got up and read it and she said, Pastor Mark, because of you teaching, I was reminded of a song that I used to sing in camp many years ago and I was impressed to email you the song in the words. And so I opened the email. In the name of the song, this is pretty spiritual now, get ready. The name of the song was The Ketchup Song. Written in 1966. I never heard of it. And I went, what? The Ketchup Song? Let me read you the Ketchup Song. God, I'm like a bottle of ketchup with the slow pouring blues. In the race to come empty, you know I don't want to lose. Here's the chorus. So pick me up Take off my cap, Lord. Won't you turn me upside down? Just think of a ketchup bottle. Won't you turn me upside down? Take your hand and whack me on my backside, Lord. And pour me on the ground. Because I want to be filled with your spirit. I want to be useful and free. But I can't be filled with your spirit till I'm emptied of me. Verse 2. God, I'm like a jar of molasses on a January night. Though you try to remove me, I'm holding on too
0: tight. Today, Pastor Mark reminded you in his teaching that most Christ followers know very little about the job of the Holy Spirit in their lives. This keeps them from living the quality of life that God intended them to live. You found out that for the Holy Spirit to fill you up with His presence and power, that you have to be emptied of yourself. There's no other way for Him to work through you. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Viera. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. In his next message, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching under his influence, emptied and filled. You'll hear more about the importance of having the Holy Spirit filling you and how He can't do that if you're full of yourself. You'll learn what the barriers are that keep the Holy Spirit from working through you more thoroughly and how to get them out of the way. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, Under His Influence. That's next time on Lessons for Living.
1: in a hurry.